0: All right, whoa, whoa, that's loud. Good morning, everyone. Good, morning. It's good to see you all. Welcome to Chinese Church in Christ, South Valley. Um, if you notice, the room is decorated really nicely, not by us. This is when we get to uh, reap the benefits of renting our space to the preschool that's met here for many years. And so the room looks really nice for their, they had a big Christmas gathering yesterday. And we had ours as well last night. And it's been a wonderful Christmas tradition that either sometimes earlier in the month or sometimes around Christmas Eve, as a whole church, we're able to celebrate Uh, Christmas together. There's a lot of traditions that goes into this time of year. Um, If for some reason you weren't able to be with us last night, you missed a fantastic um, Christmas play that, uh, well, some of the youth whose parents were in it are not here, but um, it was like, there were like voiceovers and this music and like really good acting, like acting I didn't know that we were capable of as as a church. It was incredible. And so, um, yeah, what a wonderful time to be able to celebrate um, Christmas all together, even though it's a couple weeks before Christmas Day actually happens two weeks from now. Um, Another fun tradition for me with Christmas was at some point, like around the Christmas holiday, there was one Christmas show I would always want to watch as a kid. Now, this next question is only for those of you in the last two rows, excluding Isaac, because I think Isaac's old enough where he's exempt from this. But I'm very curious. If you're sitting in the back two rows, do you know who Snoopy is? Okay, thank goodness some people are like nodding their heads because I realize, I think Daniel realizes this too, is sometimes when we preach and we talk about things from our childhood, the references are just getting lost these days because some of you may not know who Charlie Brown is or who Snoopy is or who Peanuts, uh, what that refers to, or the iconic piano music that like accompanies it, right? And so every Christmas, I would always look forward to watching the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, special with that wonderful music. Um, Just this week, it's time for a free ad here. Um, I was at my favorite coffee shop, AM Craft, where some of our church members work as baristas. And uh, my friend who owns it and runs it, um, who also grew up in this church many years ago, he put on some Christmas music because they just put their tree up. So if you're ever near San Jose State and around San Carlos Street and and 10th Street, AM Craft is the best place to get coffee. Um, So that's just a, a plug for my friends who Work there, um, but I I love what they do there. They were setting up their Christmas tree, and he put on some Christmas music while they were decorating it. So I was working on some things, sitting at one of the tables, and the Christmas music comes on, and uh, the Peanut song comes on, but it was a remix, and it was kind of weird because it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't mess with the the nice piano like. The iconic piano peanuts version, and then one of our um, one of our church members who works there, who will remain nameless, who isn't as familiar with peanuts because it's been a while, said, "Wait, is this the original version?" And I just got really sad because I was like, "How do we not know that incredible piano sound?" It's for me. It was like when I would hear that song and know that it was on TV because it would always be on like TV. You didn't even have to have, to have cable. You could just check in the newspaper, check the TV guide, and the Peanuts Charlie Brown Christmas special would be on and I would try to watch it every year I always looked forward to hearing uh, that um, that music and so um, we have a lot of traditions during this time and so uh, going along with that I want us to take a look at a passage that if you were at youth group Friday this is the same passage we talked about but we'll talk about it in a little bit different way. Um, But as we just sang about God being our shepherd, we want to read about the shepherds in the Christmas story today. And I think there's actually a lot we can learn from it that helps us understand, as Daniel was saying in that prayer time, that it is good news that Jesus became incarnate, meaning became human and came into this world. And that's what we're celebrating during this Christmas season. And I think that's good news for us. So the title of today's message um, that you'll see in the passage is Good News of Great Joy. And it's in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading in verse 8. So if you've got your Bibles, you could follow along as I read. It'll also be up here on the screen. But we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And we're going to see what God has to say to us through the story of the shepherds. So let's read. Verse 8. God, we thank you, uh, not just for this time of year, but God, we thank you for what it means. God, we thank you for your, your word that we were able to read together this morning. And Lord, I pray that we would see that though this it may be a familiar part of the Christmas story for us, Lord, I pray that the, the, um, the importance of it would be unfamiliar to us today, that it would be new for us, that it would capture our hearts and our minds and help us to see how it is such good news that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world as a baby many years ago, and that those around, particularly the shepherds, um, could marvel at this fact, and that it could be life-changing for them. So God, I pray that you would open our minds and our hearts as we consider your word this morning. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to see three things in this passage that we read. And they all revolve around the idea of good news. Uh, the title, Good News of Great Joy, is taken directly out of um, what the angel is saying to the shepherds. And so um, when we talk about good news, we're going to see how in this passage, good news comes to us. And in the passage, obviously we're not there, but what the, the idea is that there is something that initiates the good news coming into the lives of the shepherd, shepherds. And I think the same is true for us. Secondly, we're going to see that the good news literally is the 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 idea that the Savior came into the world. So the good news comes to us, the good news is a Savior, and finally we're going to see how the good news changes us as the shepherds were changed in this passage. So first, the good news comes to us, or comes to people, and we see that at the start. So the shepherds, in verse 8, they are doing what shepherds do. Um, we're not that familiar with shepherds here in Silicon Valley. Um, we're familiar with uh What are we familiar with? Semiconductors and computer programs and uh, Google and Spotify and all the things that make the Bay Area what it is. Um, But if you know anything about shepherding, like it's worth studying. Uh, As Daniel read Psalm 23 about the Lord being our shepherd as we started our service, Um, shepherds had a very interesting job uh, back in the day because sheep would get into all kinds of crazy situations where the shepherds would have to watch over them and take care of them. And I actually think there is some irony here that this... that the angels are appearing to the shepherds. The shepherds are not the only ones that um, were a part of this Christmas story, but there's some irony here that Jesus, who would later be called the good shepherd, his, the, the, the good news of his birth is coming to the shepherds that are just taking care of their flocks at night in the field, as shepherds do. And so the strange thing about this passage is all of a sudden, an angel appears. So the shepherds are doing what they normally do, and then out of nowhere, there's an angel Okay. Has this happened to anyone recently? Have you been going to work or, okay. You raised your hand and then you shook your head no, as if to say, don't call on me, Dan. All right. I'll leave you alone, Melody. Uh, even though I just, you know, said who did that. Um, no, but that's the thing. We go to work, we go to school, right? And we might not be aware of the way that God might want to get our attention in some way but for the shepherds in this moment it was unmistakable and you'll see it even more as we go on through the passage that as they are doing what they do tending their flocks all of a sudden there's this angel that appears and that's a pretty strange thing right and so it's what the shepherds do and in what we normally do do we ever encounter God in this way um, a common question I get when I'm at youth group, and also not at youth group, with people who are out of middle school and high school, people will say, Dan, we see a lot of miracles in the Bible, but how do we know that miracles actually happened, and how, do we, how might we experience them today? Um, when we look at a lot of the healings, the exorcisms, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus walking on water, I can't say that I've ever experienced anything exactly like that, though I do believe that God could do that. But I shared with you two weeks ago when we started talking about the anxiety that the Christmas season uh, brings, I shared with you, if you were here two weeks ago, how I encountered God at Almaden Costco very powerfully, right? And to make a long story short, if you weren't here, I knocked over a giant pile of clothing, and I just thought it was funny. I wasn't that embarrassed or stressed out by it. But a random stranger came and helped me and said, when I asked him why he did, or when I said thanks, he said, it's only right that I help you, which I shared is kind of strange when you think about it. I'm the one who knocked it over. He had no, there was nothing that tied him to needing to help me, he just did it out of the goodness of his heart. And we can see how from that goodwill and just moral goodness, it comes from somewhere and it's very interesting. But anyway, at that moment, I felt like God was trying to show me through the kindness of a perfect stranger that he was with me, right? Um, I would say I experienced uh, God's presence coming to me out of nowhere when I was studying the Bible with Auntie Rosa and Auntie Sue, two of my mentors who I studied the Bible with every week. And in this week, it happens sometimes, doesn't happen every week, but this week when we were studying God's word together, for what was going on in my mind and my heart, it was the exact passage and the exact interpretation from two very spiritually mature sisters as we were reading it that I needed to hear that morning. And these are ways that we might not expect that God is going to show up in our lives the same way that God shows up through the presence of these angels. At, at this time and but what this shows us is God intentionally was making himself known to these shepherds at this time. And if we're going to believe that the book of Luke is actually trustworthy and if you know anything about Luke, he was a historian, he was very careful in how he wrote the book and he wrote it so he could have an account of all the events and all of the things that took place regarding the life of Jesus so people could go back and read it later. If we're going to say that these things actually happened, then what that has to tell us is that God does show up in our lives, especially when we may not be expecting it. And so for these shepherds, if they're just tending their flocks of sheep that night, what this shows us, I think, is a really powerful picture of who our God is. Um, if you were at our uh, our all church retreat this year, you know Daniel's dad, uh, Fred, who's um, attended our church before. He's been a pastor at other churches, someone who's very well read in the Bible. He has this saying about the grace of God, where he says grace means God goes first, or God initiates. And in this passage, you see that on display when the presence of God becomes made known to the angels. They're doing what they normally do. They're, they're, They basically are going to work, punching the clock. They're on the swing shift, sure, they have the night shift, but they're doing what they normally do, and God shows up. And when we think about the grace of God and the fact that we can actually have a relationship with God, it is a truth that we see throughout Scripture that God goes first, and he makes a way for us to know him. And then the question for us is how do we respond to that? But we see that on display as God shows up in a very powerful way with giving his presence through the, through the, through the, the persons of the angels and showing the, angel, showing the shepherds that he's there. So that's the first thing that we see. Good news comes to us. And then what do the angels say? And so um, because it's such a strange thing, Um, If you've never encountered an angel before, which I don't know, maybe some of you have had some very interesting experience where you think God was trying to get your attention. Um, But if you ever came face to face with an angel before, I think it would be a pretty shocking thing. And one thing that's consistent throughout God's word, anytime there are physical angels that show up, is they do something to reassure the person that they're interacting with not to be afraid. Why? Like, if I saw an angel right now, I'd probably be afraid. So I'd be like, whoa, I need to take this seriously. If this is not just another human that I'm speaking to, but it's actually a divine being, I probably want to pay attention and there would be a little bit of fear that would be attached to it. And it's consistent throughout when Mary is visited by an angel, when Zechariah is visited by an angel, both earlier in the book of Luke, in the long chapter before this, the angels always say, do not be afraid. And I think that's just to further the conversation, uh, just to make sure the person seeing something that is way out of the ordinary is not just shocked. But the fact that this good news wants to be, or that God wants this good news to be communicated to the shepherds, it comes after the angel says, fear not, or do not be afraid. Because the next thing the angel says is, behold. And when you look at the word behold in the Bible, in these interactions, it, has the, it basically has, It's synonymous with saying, look, or come and see. Let me show you something. It's this idea that there's something important that you have to go and see. While we were preparing for uh, last night's uh, performance and had some downtime, Peggy, who's not here, so I'll talk about her this morning, she, she comes running up to me and she says, Dan, look, a really in- important and exciting part of my K-drama is about to happen, as she was watching on her phone. I knew nothing what was going on, but you get the dramatic music, and it was, for some reason, she just wanted to show me that. After the Christmas program, Sophia comes up to me and she says, Dan, look at my new shoes. And for good reason, because they were, oh man, like styling. This is what happens when, when you have a roommate who's a sneakerhead. But the point of this is because I, how many of you have come to me and said, Dan, look what I just saw on TikTok? Or look at this is something that we do when something is important and when we think something is worthwhile. It's a common part of our lives, right? And the angel is doing the same thing to say to the shepherds, behold, what I am about to say is extremely important. In fact, it might even be life changing for you. And that's what happens in what he says next. So that's the first thing. We see how the good news comes to the shepherds from the angels, who are mes- angels, we see them defined as messengers from God. And it's a way where God wants to initiate this experience for the shepherds, right? And so if we're going to put this into application for us to understand how can we learn from this, as I said earlier, if we believe Luke's gospel account to be true, then what that shows us is the good news is going to show up in our lives. And sometimes when we are not looking for it, Or to put it in another way, there will be times where God will go first in initiating a relationship with us, even in ways that we might not be expecting it. And so, and that's because we see this throughout scripture. That's the kind of God he is. The shepherds don't just stand in the fields, uh, they're not just alone in the fields, but they become aware of the presence of the angels here. And I think if we think critically about our lives, for many of us in this room, that's been true for us as well. Maybe we haven't been face to face with an angel, but we've seen how God has initiated something in our lives that we needed even if we weren't particularly looking for it. And I think that's a good number of us in this room. You have had that experience where God has made himself known in some way when we were not looking for him. That's the kind of God that he is. It's possible that there are many of us in this room also who might be saying, Dan, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's fine as well. Because maybe we haven't had that experience where we believe that God is trying to get our attention in some way out of the ordinary. And if you haven't had that experience before, could I at least suggest to you that maybe that moment is right now. And the reason I say that is that you are here. I don't believe that any of us is here by accident this morning. Especially when going to church in a particularly busy and successful area is not a normal thing in San Jose. And that's why I'm always blessed when I see faces of you like sitting there coming to church on Sundays when that's not a normal thing to do in California, and especially in a big city like San Jose, where there is so much to do and so many other priorities. And so I don't believe any of us are here by accident this morning. Could it be possible that God wants you to ponder what the Christmas story is really all about? And if that's not something you're interested in this morning, if you are here because you were forced to come here by your parents, which I'm sure it can happen, that's totally fine. We welcome you in whatever uh, state that you're in. But is it possible that God is trying to get your attention? And if it's not something you are interested in right now, what I can tell you is that there will be a moment in your life where you will ask a question, is God real? And if he is, can he come and help me in whatever like, difficult experience that I'm having? Because as humans, we all go through them at different times. And so this first point, really, it's what the Christmas story is about. If the Christmas story is about baby Jesus coming into this world and then eventually growing up to be our Savior who would die on the cross... What we see in the presence of God being revealed to the shepherds through the angels is really what God is all about, coming to be with us. And that's what Christmas is really truly about. There's a point in the, uh, in the Charlie Brown Christmas special where I'll say more about this later on, but um, if you know the premise of the special, uh, what he's doing is he's trying to put together a Christmas performance with all of the different characters, and in finding the right tree and making sure they have a good presentation, it is very clear that uh, there's frustration going on, and there's a, a direct line where he says, what is Christmas really all about? Or maybe I don't know what Christmas is all about. But when we see this passage, what we see is God sending his son, Jesus, into this world. And the, the interaction between the shepherds and the angels is a great picture of what that looks like, where God initiates this conversation with the angels through the person, or with the shepherds, through the, through the beings of the angels. And so really, that's what Christmas is all about, that God comes to us, that God goes first, that God initiates. He has made a way for us to know him. And he may be trying to get our attention this morning. And so if, if the good news comes to us, then the next question we have to ask, which is our second point for this morning, is really, well, what is this good news then? And we get a great answer starting in verse 11. And this is what the angels say. After they say, fear not, and behold, I bring you good news, then this is the good news that they say, starting in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now let's pause there and unpack that a little bit. They're saying today, on this day, the Savior has been born. But the phrase city of David is actually a key phrase that we need to pay attention to. And so for the shepherds who are in this area at this time... Uh, They would they would be of Jewish descent. They would be ruled by the Roman Empire, who was the ruling kind of authority at that time. And God's people, the people of Israel, they were waiting for a day when they would be liberated. Now, for them, they thought it was going to be a political liberation. And that's what they were looking forward to. But if you were Jewish at this time, you had heard story after story of a coming Messiah from all of these Old Testament prophecies. And in all of these prophecies, when you go back and read them, it talks about the Savior being born in the city of David. So when we read that today, we might not see the significance, but for the shepherds who hear a baby is born in Bethlehem, the city of David, you might think, well, what's the big deal? Babies are born every day in San Jose or San Francisco or Oakland. Like, what's the big deal? But because of their understanding of the prophecies that had been passed down to them for generations, when they hear, like, a baby is born in the city of David, that would be a big deal. Because what that would signify to them is it's not, they're not just saying some random baby is being born there. Like if I say a baby is born in San Jose, it's like not a big deal. I guess when baby Toby was born, it was like life-changing for Daniel and Ashley, right? And, and it is for everyone. But on a on a more cosmic level here for the shepherds, When they hear born in the city of David, they would know that this has to do with the prophecies of of a Messiah being born. And so, for the shepherds who, if you think about it, like they're out tending their sheep in the middle of the night, which sounds awful. Um, After daylight savings time ends, like if you guys know me, if I don't have any meetings at church, like I like to sleep at like 8 p.m. because I don't want to be out like at night. I just get tired and it's dark outside. But imagine tending sheep. And imagine having to do that every day and that being your job and thinking, man, like, what if there was a day someday where I didn't have to tend sheep at night? What if my situation was different? And for a lot of God's people, the people of Israel, they were waiting for something to change. They were waiting for something to come and save them. They were looking for a savior. And that's the key word that the angel uses. So when they put the words Savior with City of David together, they would think the Messiah is here to come and change things for us. And so to be looking for a Savior, a lot of times we might be looking for that in a very, I don't know, more like uh, like moment-by-moment moment way, if we get really bored, we might say, like, I need something to come and save me, right? If we're in a conversation that we want to get out of, hopefully this doesn't happen to us, but, like, if someone comes and, like, pulls us away, we're like, thank you, you just saved me from, like, a very painful conversation. Some of you are smiling right now, so apparently that happens. So, um, in, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word Hosanna, which is probably fi- uh, well-known to us, we sing songs with the word Hosanna. It literally means come and save me. And that's what God's people, that's why there would be songs with the word Hosanna, because they were waiting for a savior. And I think we, we understand this more than we might think. We understand it in small ways, but hopefully it shows us how there's a bigger way where we need to really ask ourselves, what is my savior? What is saving me? Um, I think we've found saviors in uh, our iPhones and in our smartphones more than we would think. What I mean by this is I've observed this from myself. Um, When I meet with Daniel at his house every week, when we plan for the week and do our preparation for these sermons and and pray about things that uh, are on our schedules, Um, this will happen often. Daniel will say, hang on, I need to go to the bathroom and to save myself from like those two to three minutes of like boredom or just sitting by myself, what's the first thing I do? I take out my phone and immediately like open up Twitter and see whatever news is there. Right. And so like, for those of you who are young, who have phones, you will never understand the pain of waiting in line at the store and not having data to look at. Like you just won't understand because that's never been a part of your life. And what, what we have in our technological world is now we have the ability to be entertained or having some kind of message that we want to receive being given to us at any given moment. And it's a way where moment by moment, we are saved from the, just the, the, the pain of being bored, right? Now that's a fun and, and superficial kind of uh, way of thinking about it. But really a lot of us, whether we realize it or not, are asking ourselves, what is saving me at this moment? And a better way of thinking about it is, what do I have to look forward to? Or what am I living for? And really what that shows us is I think we are all looking for a savior in the same way that the shepherds must have been at this time. And the good news is that this baby being born would be the savior that they were looking for. Um... When I think about uh, just my own spiritual journey and what I've learned in my own relationship with God, and how that kind of uh, just um, how that affects me even right now at this day in December of 2022, I feel a lot busier than I have in a while. It's not just because I just came back from sabbatical, but I think we've gone through a very like kind of crazy turn in our world over the last couple years. And I remember back to when we were first in shelter-in-place. And uh, for the months that we just had to stay home because we weren't sure what the pandemic was all about, I realized something that I really, really missed, that I really was always looking forward to, and something that I get to experience right now, was coaching basketball. And if you know me, that's, that's something that I enjoy doing. It's, I get to volunteer at my old school, and it's something I, I look forward to. And I shared with people, it's like, man, like, there's, there's actually some really good things about shelter in place, but I really miss coaching basketball. And then so fast forward to last year when things were starting to open up and I could actually do it. Um, I was told that uh, in my first year being a head coach, which was last year, I was being given the most talented team that Bret Hart Middle School had had in 20 years. And so it was a dream season. We never lost a game. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, they wanted the, the players won all the games like, very easily. Everyone thinks I'm an amazing coach, even though I'm really still learning, because like I didn't have to do that much. And so, but what was interesting was this, this kind of whole like picture, it's like uh, the other coaches of the younger teams have said, like, you don't know how lucky you were to have had that team last year and to have had that experience. And it was something I was looking forward to coming out of the pandemic. And towards the end of it, as good as it was going, I continued to ask myself, like, is this all there is? Like, this is amazing, but I can't help think that there's something more. And I've shared this with you before when I've talked about Tom Brady, the most famous quarterback. He's won the most Super Bowls. And having, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and many Super Bowl MVPs in interviews, he's said the same thing where it's like I have all these things and I can't help but wonder if there's actually something more. And I realize that even though it's something that I enjoyed doing and I'm enjoying right now, when I walk in here on a Friday night, there's a bond that I have with many of you that goes way deeper than coaching basketball ever will. And that's because of the love of God that we get to share in common. And when I look back at the start of the pandemic, even though I was like, man, my life is not complete without coaching basketball, when I think about my life in those first couple months of like the spring of 2020, there was a closeness that I had in my relationship with God that I'm kind of longing for right now. And it doesn't mean that my relationship with God is in a bad place right now. But as things have kind of, quote unquote, gone back to normal, I realized, man, like, I was truly like at my most fulfilled and just kind of like in a great space by both mentally and spiritually during those times because all the other things of this world were not distracting me. Now, that doesn't mean I shouldn't be coaching basketball. That doesn't mean like we all need to go back into shelter in place. I don't think any of us wants it. I don't ever want to do a service on Zoom ever again. But the point is to ask us, what really is saving me? What really is my deepest fulfillment and what am I really looking for? And that shows us that we are all looking for a savior the way that the shepherds were. And when they see that this savior was born in the manger, it's really interesting because I don't think we get the full extent of how this had power over them or or why it did until later on through the gospel of Luke. But what we're going to see is this is life-changing for the shepherds, that this good news has come to them. And that's the good news that we have of of God initiating the opportunity for us to have a relationship with him. I think when, when, um, for those of us in this room, I think, we're, I think there's really two groups of us. I think there are those of us who have experienced Jesus as our Savior. We know that this is good news. And some of us haven't, and that's okay. We're glad that you're here. Or some of us may not realize that we want a Savior right now. And this is where, as I said earlier, I will suggest and predict that there will be a day where we, one, where we look for God's help or where we look for a relationship with God in ways that we haven't before, depending on our circumstances in life. And I have a hard time believing that deep down, uh, we don't think we need a Savior, even right now. And part of why I say that is, if you watch the news these days, it's hard to watch the news. We have more news than we ever have before because of the internet, because of what's available for us and as a result of that, we start to question the validity of news, especially when it has the, the messages that it does and all of the negative things that we see. But even in the people that I interact with, that I know of, both closely but also just tangentially, I feel like there are so many people who are wrestling with some kind of uh, just struggle, whether it be physical or mental more so than we were when the pandemic started. Now, that just could be a recency bias, but all of this is to say we are constantly in need of a Savior and looking for this good news. And for the shepherds, they've had it. And if you see it as good news that Jesus came into this world so that we could have a Savior and that we could have a relationship with God, There's nothing more fulfilling than that. And we don't see exactly why for the shepherds, but we see that it is as we continue to read this passage. And so I do believe we are all looking for a savior and more than we think. And so the fact that Jesus came into this world was such good news for the shepherds. And we see that it it changed them. And so the crazy thing is, as they're receiving this good news, it's not just the the fulfillment of prophecy or the declaration that there was a Savior that was born in the city of David that would make them see, hey, something's going on here. Like, this really is good news. But then if you read in verse 13, suddenly it's not that there's just one angel, but there's a whole bunch of them, and they're praising God. And if that's something that we witnessed at one time— like, I think we would have to ask, wait, what's going on here? Why are, like, it would be crazy enough to come face to face with one angel, but to see a whole bunch, it's it's a way where holistically the shepherds are seeing, wow, like there really is something to this baby being born this day. Like he's being born and all of a sudden there's not one angel, but there's a whole bunch of them. It doesn't say it in the passage, but we have this interpretation that somehow like the angels are like lighting up the sky and you see all these bright lights in the sky. You see it depicted that way sometimes. We don't know if that's actually how it went down. But for the shepherds, the good news like of of, that they had been hoping for for many years was now met with something supernatural where they can't help but pay attention to it. And so that leads us to what the shepherds do about this. That's our final point for this morning. And we see that good news changes us. The shepherds returned, and here's the key phrase, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And so the shepherds don't just stand there and observe this. They don't just stand there in shock. But when they receive the good news that there is a Savior that they've been waiting for, they go and they do something about it. They go and investigate it for themselves. They don't don't just say, okay, I'm just going to go back to tending my sheep. They actually want to know, has this baby really been born? They go and do something about it. And just as a side note, I would say, for those of us, if we are having trouble believing that Jesus coming into this world is actually good news, I would say, have you taken time to look into it? Have you taken time to see the validity of the gospel accounts of Jesus and how if he died on the cross and rose again, and this was the very start of it, that that actually should be life-changing for us. The stakes of what it means that Jesus is a savior is actually worth looking into if that's something we've never given a lot of thought to. It's something worth investigating for ourselves. That's what the shepherds do. They see the angels, so they think, okay, there's definitely something going on here, but let's go see for ourselves. So they go and they investigate it for themselves. And so in, in verse 16, it says they went with haste. Like, this was important to them enough where they didn't just like, oh, maybe I'll go after all the sheep come in or after, like, I get off work the next day. They're like, no, we're going to go and investigate this right now and see if this is what's happening. And so when they saw it, they the, when they when when they go through and they see the baby Jesus, they find Mary and Joseph, and then it's really interesting because in 17, when they saw him, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So they're putting words into what they had heard, that a Savior had been born. And Mary hears this, and it's good news to her, and we're not going to focus too much on that part of the passage. But then the shepherds, you see that what, what has been told them is something that they want to go and tell others. And you see this later on when Jesus interacts with a lot of people that he meets, when he shares the kingdom of God with people. when he he interacts with the woman at the well, or when he heals others who have some kind of serious illness, they cannot help but go and tell others about Jesus. Why? Because they've experienced the good news for themselves. And the point of that is to say this, the shepherds heard the good news, and they saw it, and it changed their lives. And they went, and they glorified, and praised God for everything that they had seen. And that shows us that the good news is worth sharing. And so it's a way where the shepherds were changed. They were convinced this baby was born in the town of David, as had been prophesied. They had seen a supernatural event with all of the angels, and they were now receptive to how God was leading them, that they would go and glorify and praise God. It was a way where for these shepherds who would have been common people, they got to fully experience the birth of the Savior, the Messiah, and got to be a part of the story. So much that we're talking about it today here in 2022. And that causes them to glorify and praise God. They essentially copy what they've seen from the angels, right? The angels bring the good news, and then they're glorifying and praising God in verse, uh, in verse 13 and 14. And now the shepherds are doing the same thing. If we believe that the birth of Jesus, which was meant so that we would have, it's the very beginnings of how a relationship with God is made available to us. If we believe that that's good news, it cannot help but change us. It will change our lives. It will lead us to want to tell others about him. And if you are not sure about who Jesus is, then that's, you know, it makes sense that you would not know why it's necessary or important to go and share that good news. But if you've met someone who's really been impacted by Jesus as their savior, you will see that they cannot help but talk about him in some way. And I think that's what the shepherds are experiencing at this time. Uh, So at the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, he's trying to put this play together, right? And it's falling apart. Like, everyone has their own idea of how to do it. He's supposed to, like... Uh, when he doesn't know what to do, they send him out to go get a tree. And if you know, I'm like spoiling the whole thing, but whatever, it's been out for decades. So, you know, he goes to a Christmas tree farm and he's supposed to get a Christmas tree for their play. And he picks the smallest, most pitiful looking like tree. And then he brings it back and they all yell at him for bringing this pitiful tree. And he says, what's Christmas really about anyway? Because he's all frustrated. And the most amazing thing about that Christmas special that I remember even as a kid, though I didn't understand the significance of it, is when Charlie Brown explodes and he says, what's Christmas all about anyway? There's a character named Linus. Linus is a funny character. He's always carrying a blanket. He's always sucking his thumb. And he walks to the center of the stage where they're preparing this play, puts his blanket down, takes his thumb out of his mouth, and he recites from memory Luke chapter 2 that we just read. And the words, um, because uh, this was shot many years ago, they were not reading out of the ESV that I read out of. But the phrase that always stood out to me in watching this show was, I bring you tidings of great joy. And that phrase, like, we don't we're like, Dan, what's, what are tidings? Like, I don't know. That's, that's why we have the ESV. It's just It's really another way of saying good news. The whole reason we celebrate Christmas is that it's good news that Jesus came into this world. And that's why that speech from Linus is like so amazing. Like he gets it. He knows what it's all about. And in a moment where everything's falling apart, it's just dead quiet and he's just reading God's word, which when you think about it, this is something that would be on network television. Like it's pretty amazing that a famous cartoon would just have a Bible passage being read with the name of Jesus being talked about as a savior. And then he finishes, he finishes reciting Luke chapter 2. He puts his thumb back in his mouth. He grabs his blanket and he walks off stage. And it's kind of like the ultimate mic drop because at that moment, Charlie Brown now realizes what Christmas is all about. It was such a joy to watch the performances last night, to be together to celebrate Christmas. But the biggest reason for that is what Christmas is all about. And I pray that as we consider the good news that we see here that came to the shepherds, the, the news that uh, is fundamentally about Jesus being our Savior and something that can change us. If we can uh, just kind of ponder all of that in our hearts and in our minds this morning, then I know we will understand what Christmas is all about. If you are not sure what it means that Jesus is a Savior and that's something that you want to know more about, like ask someone that you trust who's here That you can see kind of uh, demonstrates this idea of I'm always talking about God or I'm willing to say the name Jesus or to talk about him because he's changed my life. Because really that's what we're about as a church. Christmas is just an extension of what we want to be about as a church. If Jesus isn't the savior of the world, we should ask ourselves, what are we even doing here? But if he is, it is such good news. That is why we worship him together here as a church on Sundays. And it's why we can really celebrate Christmas with great joy. And so I pray that as we consider the good news of Jesus, the fact that God went first and sent his son Jesus into this world, that that would be good news for us. And that's something that can be life-changing for us this Christmas. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word we thank you for the ways that you sent your son into this world God so that we could know you and Lord as we consider this Christmas season with all of our holiday plans um, all of the things that might bring about stress or might make our schedules busy Lord I pray that we would not lose sight of what this Christmas season is all about that you loved us that you went first in making a way for us to know you and Lord I pray that would be life-changing for us we love you we pray this in Jesus name